Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your man, Big Cliff. As always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcasts are available. Make sure you hit us up on the Sports Talk line and email cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. You can also find us on Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. It's been a while since I've been with you guys. I miss you. You know what I mean? I'm glad to be back with you guys. Hope you are excited as I am for today's episode. We got a lot to talk about, so I'm going to just jump straight in. We're going to start off today with the the mess that is going on in Houston. Mr. Deshaun Watson has seemed to have found himself in a whole heap of trouble. Can you can, can you feel me? I'm talking about a whole bunch of trouble. Um as you know, Mr. Deshaun Watson requested a trade from the Houston Texans several weeks ago. And since then, um, there was a bunch of buzz with a lot of different two teams, including your Carolina Panthers, looking to be able to get into that sweepstakes. Um, then here came a, a lawsuit accusation um, from a young lady that said, hey, I was paid to give him a massage. And then he inappropriately touched me and there was the drama and everything um, I'm not gonna lie and when it first came out I was just like nah that ain't what happened that's somebody trying to hate on that man they trying to make sure that he don't get the job that he deserves you know what I'm saying they just trying to keep the brother down da, 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 da. and then another one came out it was like oh man they really just trying this man then two more came out and then three more came out and then, now we're up to 14 civil lawsuits against Deshaun Watson uh, the lawsuits were filed by a Houston attorney, Mr. Tony Busby, uh, who entered them in the court on behalf of multiple clients. And he has, as from what he says, up to eight more. There are allegedly up to 22 different suits that are going to be filed against Deshaun Watson for the same thing. And, and as I mentioned, they're all in similar nature. The case with each case, he's accused of acting inappropriately after hiring a female to give him a private massage. Um, bro, listen. If that's your thing, bro, like, can't nobody really judge you, you know what I mean? But why you had the Tiger Woods it, bro? Like, with all of these separate different women, man, like, you had to have known that when you start kicking up dust, people are going to go into your past, they're going to go and try to find the dirt that they can, and, and, and honestly, Big Cliff's personal feelings, the Houston Texans knew about this the entire time. They knew what he was, who he was, and what was going on. Because we're at this point, I'm just going to assume it's true. Because, like, you one or two, three, maybe you could have paid them off. Okay, cool. But 22, bro? Really? Um, so, but again, I think Houston knew about it the entire time. And they said, hey, listen, we want you to stay. We want you to stay. And then when he didn't and says, nah, I'm, I'm out of here, I'm out of here, I'm out of here, they're like, oh, all right. For those of you who may not know, Mr. Busby, the gentleman who is um, the attorney that's uh, filing the suits on behalf of these young ladies, he is actually a Houston Texans fan. Um, he actually, let's go ahead and play just one quick second of the press conference that he had and was, and you can tell me for, from what you think from there. This case is about female empowerment, taking the power back, and I need to dispel some silly rumors. Yes, I live on River Oaks Boulevard and I live near the McNair family. I don't know the McNair family. I, I, I wouldn't recognize Cal or Hal or whatever his name is if I saw him on the street. This case has nothing to do with the Texans. 
has nothing to do with free agency, the timing. I don't know anything about that silliness, and I don't, frankly don't care about it. Texans are not a team that I follow. But in the truth of it all, he absolutely follows them. He absolutely know who knows who Cal or Hal is. Um, in a few years ago, when Johnny Manziel was in the draft, he took out a billboard in the city of Houston, urging Cal or Hal <laughs> to draft Johnny Manziel. He even alluded to the fact that, hey, this is my neighbor. Hey, neighbor, you should draft Johnny Manziel. And he had the audacity to sit here and lie in front of people. He even, because, you know, people go and dig dirt now. When you start lying and start, you know what I'm saying, showing some inconsistencies, people go find out your dirt about it now. He went and was on Twitter publicly, like, lauding the fact that he lived this close to them and how he would go to the games and, in fact, was a fan of the Texans. And so... For him to sit here and lie, it's not about the Texans. I don't even, they're not a team I follow or I don't know anything about that silliness. I frankly don't care about it. You're lying. Like that, that by itself is not a good look. And it's set the young women up, honestly, to be in a really bad position. Because if this is a reality and if what they have accused Deshaun Watson of is the truth and it's, it's a reality, their lawyer is going to be a hindrance to them being able to get the justice that they really want. Now, there are a lot of other inconsistencies with regard to why have they not gone to the police or filed any criminal charges against him? Why is it that all of a sudden all of them are going there? And again, I'm not trying to victim shame. I'm not trying to blame them by any means. But it seems that with one of the earliest cases going as far back as to 2019, it would have been something that you would have kind of pushed a little bit sooner. The timing is definitely suspicious. The fact that Mr. Busby and his law firm decided not to call a, a, a reputable CBS, ABC, CNN to announce it. He went to his personal IG Instagram page to announce what they were doing to start the buzz there. You know, and, and it just seems like there's a lot of questionable things that are happening with regards to this case. The gentleman has run for office before and lost. He's done a lot of things there to try to raise his profile. And then in the press conference starts off by saying, I don't need the publicity. I don't need the attention. It's literally what you're craving, bro. It's like what you have shown yourself to desire. So the inconsistencies are starting there again. If Deshaun Watson does this, then, hey, you you you, you pay the price. You got to do what you got to do to retribute and all of those good things but if this is some flam it's definitely going to be sitting in the laps of mr busby and his associates so again deshaun i hope you didn't do it bro and if you did you, you got to do what you got to do to get right by that so we will definitely keep an eye on this and as any information comes up i will make sure to let you know guys know about it here on carolina sports talk so if we're going to move forward let's stay along in the nfl and move over into free agency there have been a lot of moves being made by a lot of teams. Um, folks are trying to just get better, do better, and be better, except for the Carolina Panthers for some reason. It is beyond me why my team doesn't want to do anything. They made this low splash coming into free agency, signing two low-level offensive linemen, the first being Pat Elfline and the next being Mr. Cameron Irvin. Now, they both have spent some time with the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, I, I got to be honest, from everything that I've been talking to some of the Viking fans about, neither of them seem to be that great of linemen, and uh, so we'll 
we'll see how they pan out with us. And hopefully, you know, they can do something to protect whoever's going to be the next Carolina Panthers quarterback. But, um, yeah, it's been 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 a, an interesting offseason, to say the least. Uh, in free agency, it seems like we've been making more news for who we've released and are lost as opposed to who we are bringing in. So we've released defensive tackles Zach Kerr. Uh, we released wide receiver Arm, Armana Darbo. We have released uh, or actually just lost tight end Chris Manhurts. We lost fullback Alex Arma. We lost Curtis Samuel, although we did sign Denzel Perriman, the linebacker, uh, formerly with the Chargers. That seemed like it might have been a good move. Uh, we signed offensive linebacker, offensive, excuse me, outside linebacker Hassan Reddick. We signed uh, the former Rams defensive end Morgan Fox. But uh, like I said, that Curtis Samuel one for me is going to be a whole lot. And just recently, we also lost Mike Davis to a divisional foe who signed a two-year agreement with the Atlanta Falcons to become their next quarterback. Um, some small things we did get Darius Clark, um, a former Newberry College, shout out to South Carolina, Newberry College running back. We signed him to a one-year deal. Uh, we also have signed wide receiver David Moore. So we're, we're doing some small things, but... At the beginning of free agency, it really seemed like we were going to be all in on Deshaun Watson. And from there, the team was going to be able to build and move. And we were going to be able to be back in position for the uh, the NFC South title. But <sighs> I don't know no more. It seems like at this point, we, I mean, like the Dan Arnold's tight end signing was kind of cool. But I'm a little worried about what we're going to be able to do in free agency here. It's really, really not looking good for the home team, you know? So Carolina Panthers fans, y'all, we going to hold it tight. We still do have the eighth pick in the draft upcoming next month. Uh, there's been a lot of whispers and a lot of talk that with everything going on with Deshaun Watson, that the Panthers may end up just moving up and going and getting their quarterback. Hopefully we don't give up too much and hopefully we don't mortgage the farm for somebody and whoever we get. I definitely hope that they are a success because at the end of the day, we're at a point in our uh, in just in our franchise where after 2015, there were a lot of hungry Panthers fans. And we really, really, really are at a point where we need to win. Having watched what Tampa Bay did this past year. Uh, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I am ready for some winning in the Queen City. So we're definitely going to keep an eye on the rest of free agency and see how that moves forward as well. So it is time for us to check in on the Carolina Sports Talk line. I've got a couple of emails that we are going to read for you and go through today. Uh, the first one comes from a good brother of mine, my frat brother, Mr. Christopher Dickey. His email says, Big Cliff, by far Wednesday's show was some of your best work. Great monologue, very real and personal. Respect. Thanks for shouting out the right email address this time. Signed, Christopher Dickey. So just to let you guys know, this guy here like is one of the biggest bullies I've ever known. I'm just kidding. He's a good friend of mine, and I appreciate you hitting us up on the Carolina Sports Talk email. Just for you emailing out with us, bro, I'm going to make sure we get you one of our Carolina Sports Talk magnets. So our next email actually comes from Charles Pollock. Uh, Charles says, LeBron James is worth a net of $500 million. He is quite influential in the black community and the world of sports. And he has refused for personal reasons not to disclose whether or not he and his family will take the COVID-19 shot. Question. 
Because of his influence in, in the sports world and African-American communities, do you think he should be a leading participant in taking the vaccine for COVID-19 and support those that think this vaccine will save lives? So, uh, Charles Parlock is actually my pastor. Shout out, pastor. Appreciate you for listening to the show. He already has his magnet for emailing the Carolina Sports Talk line. But let's jump into the question. Should LeBron James be obligated to share his opinions and or driving individuals towards the COVID-19 shot? Yes, emphatically, absolutely. Um, And here's the reason why LeBron James has been a vocal force for a lot of issues in the community and African-American communities and just in the struggle period. We know what he has done most recently during his time in the bubble and with the rest of the athletes there. And even before that, when when the young lady who's I don't remember her name right now, but she was like, just shut up and dribble. And, And they just wanted to talk and be able to communicate themselves and share their opinions and their thoughts. That's what you that platform affords you the opportunity to have that audience. And because you choose to use it, you now have the responsibility that people are going to look to you for advice. People are going to look to you for guidance. I've heard we've all heard that oh, athletes aren't supposed to be role models and this, this and that and this. But that and that's fine. But because he has chosen to utilize that platform, you don't get to go back and forth one way or the other. You've chosen to use that platform, Mr. James. Now you are obligated to whether or not you want to, to use that platform when people are looking to you. We know that COVID-19 affects people of color at a much higher instance than it does other people. For whatever reasons, the science is there and it's proven. We are the ones that are dying from this virus more so than anybody else in this country. And as a result, you have individuals who are going to look to you to say, hey, should I? I'm not thinking about it. And so one way or the other, you now have to you're now obligated because you have chosen to utilize your platform and tell people, hey, I'm getting the vaccine because X, Y, Z. Hey, I'm not getting the vaccine because X, Y, Z. But because you've chosen that platform already that you're now obligated, you got to do it. There are people who are looking to you, Mr. James. I'm not even going to call you King James. I'm not calling you Mr. James. There are people who need you to speak up and say this is okay. Now, if you feel like it's not, then there are people who need you to say that so that they can have that decision as well. But you don't get to flip flop. You don't get to sometimes speak and not time. Even when the, the situation was going on with the league and in China and he misspoke. Even in that instance, it was still his obligation to talk because he felt like it was something that was really important to him. So he talked. This is not only important to you, Mr. James, but it is important to the country. People can use the analogy, well, Michael Jordan does this, 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 and this. It's already been proven that he's not the one that invested in jails. It was the other Michael Jordan. But Michael doesn't talk on issues at all. So that's why there's no need or expectation for him to come out now and say, well, hey, this is what I think now. He has been consistent from day one that he's not getting into politics. He's not getting into anything else. He want to play ball. He wants you to buy his shoes. He wants to see the Charlotte Bobcats slash Hornets win. Hopefully they do. But he's been consistent in his messaging that he doesn't talk about it. So there's no expectation there. But my only thing is the flip flop. Because, yes, LeBron, we respect you. Your voice is heard. We appreciate everything that you have done for the culture and to help propel and push black people forward. And I know that he has so much more planned after basketball. And I actually look forward to even not as a LeBron fan. He's on my Lakers and all of that. But, you know, I'm not a LeBron fan. 
I absolutely look forward to seeing what he is going to do post-basketball. He has that platform, the voice, the vision, the experience to be able to be a driving force to help African-American people push forward. Don't be silent now. Because essentially what you're doing is you're giving yield to that shut up and play, shut up and dribble. You're, you're listening to that and you're feeding into it, bro. You have to open your mouth and speak. Again, that's not saying that you have to be in favor of it, but you have to speak to let people know where you are on this matter. So hopefully um, that will allow folks to see where, you know, they may want to go one for one way or the other. But LeBron definitely has to speak up on Speak up on that. So, again, Charles Pollock, we appreciate the email. If you've got questions, if you disagree with me, hit me up and let me know. Cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. I'd love to have that conversation with you. I'd love to talk to anybody, talk to you about any of your points as well. While we're talking about LeBron and the Lakers, let, oh, oh, I ain't going to cry, y'all. I'm a whole tight man, but it ain't looking good for the team, bro. Uh, for those of you who may not know, Mr. LeBron James is out currently with an injury. Uh, Anthony Davis is still out. He's on a two-week um, schedule for reevaluation at this point. Uh, he has been recently examined by team doctors as of 312 uh, and is progressing in his recovery. Um, he's been cleared to enter the next phase of his return to play, but again, he's not back yet out on the court. So, um we 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 walk in mash unit at this point, and and it's not looking good because we know that the two superstars drive that team. There are those who have I've seen arguments on Facebook. Oh, the Lakers are deep; they're going to be all right. And da, da, da. no, we are star driven team. The two stars are the pillars, and everybody else kind of plays off them. So, uh, with everything that the Brooklyn Nets have been doing. Um, we have got to be active before this trade deadline. The NBA trade deadline is this Thursday, March 25th, so tomorrow um, at 3 p.m., and there's a whole lot of rumors, a whole lot of buzz on what may be happening, and uh, one of the biggest names uh, uh, that we're potentially going to land is Mr. Andre Drummond uh, in the event that he's bought out from, if he's not bought out, well, if we don't trade him, then he's bought out, he's likely going to end up in L.A., I'm hoping for it because we need more star power. We need that extra presence in in just offensively and defensively. Um, I started off when Brooklyn started making all of their moves and everything. It was like, oh, man, ain't nobody studying the Nets. Man, Brooklyn, man, they just, oh, man. Yo, Brooklyn is quietly, not even quietly, very loudly becoming a force in the NBA. Um, now, I'm standing by my pick. They're going to lose in six to the Lakers if they make it to the finals. But it's now becoming, seem like it may be a little less likely that the Lakers are even going to be in the finals because seeding begins to be a worry at this point. With the truncated season already being what it is, we are looking at, and uh, in, in, in all honesty, depending upon how long LeBron is out, not catching our stride until the playoffs start because of the in injuries. I mean, at the end of the day, you got two top five players in the league, not in the conference, but in the league on one team. And you remove both of them and expect that we're going to be able to still be the dominant force. Not even the dominant force that we're going to be able to win something. Really? But honestly, whatever we whatever we're going, whatever happens, we need the help. As I mentioned, Andre Drummond is pretty much 
I don't want to wrap it up, but it's looking likely. Um, the Lakers are also believed to be looking or having some interest in Marcus Aldridge. Now, those of you who are Lakers fans, you probably remember that in 2015 we tried to get him, but he just did not want to come there. And But it's cool, you know. Come on home now. It's cool. Uh, he is having an okay season. He's averaging about 13.7 points per game, four and a half rebounds, 1.7 assists, and almost a whole steal per game this year. Uh, he's rated as the number 84 player overall in the league. His offense could be, you know, efficient, and I think he could fit in well. Likely, if we don't get Drummond, he would go ahead and plug into that um five spot and, and alternate between him and AD when healthy going from four to five. So he could definitely, definitely um, be a contributor. Uh, there are also some reports that have the Lakers being interested in George Hill from the Thunder. Um, he is a quality player that, that I think could be a, a good, good backup. He's averaging 11.8 points, 3.1 assists uh, for the season. And he's actually shooting 50 point, 50% from the, just over 50%, almost 51 from the field and 38.6 from deep. So um, another three point shooter is always, always going to be uh, somebody who can be a good fit for the Lakers is, as long as LeBron and AD are able to come back healthy. That's going to be the thing to watch for. And like I said, hopefully either before this trade deadline or after um, we can in the buyout market, we can look to have some improvements. So, again, keep your eye out on this, too, and see what the Lakers can actually do. Um, getting a deal done for Hill, although unlikely, would, would be a good look. So we'll see. We'll keep a watch on that. We're going to shift gently to the women's game for a moment uh, with the Gamecock women in the NCAA tournament. Uh, before we talk about the actual game, right before the tournament started, uh, Coach Don Staley made some dust <laughs> out there with some comments that she made out on, I believe it was Instagram. Um, and this is a direct quote. What we now know is the NCAA's season-long messaging about togetherness and equality was about convenience and a soundbite for the moment created after the murder of George Floyd. We cannot, as leaders of young women, allow NCAA President Mark Emmert and his team to use us and our student-athletes at their convenience. Every team here in San Antonio has earned and deserves at a minimum of the same level of respect as the men. All the teams here dealt with the same issues as the main men's teams this year, yet their, quote, reward is different. And for those of you who may not know, um, it, it, when they first arrived uh, last Thursday, the, it was just a, a storm of images from the women's bubble in San Antonio posted on social media. Uh, examples received the most attention, I guess, was I guess one writer called it a comical difference in the weight training and equipment for the women. There was a single rack of dumbbells in their facility as opposed to a full weight room inside the men's bubbles. Uh, there were also criticisms of the food at the women's site. And the disparity in the complimentary items for the men and the women's participants. Uh, the NCAA executives in charge of women, men's bas women and men's basketball, Lynn Holzman and Dan Gav Gavitt, they apologized for the issues. But at the end of the day, it was what it was. They tried to tweet and thing. It's like, oh, we're so sorry. But you're sorry because the pictures got out. Um, they, they say they would make more food options available um, and they defended the swag differences saying that they were minor based on the differences in the location. But Staley wasn't having none of it. She was like, no, y'all can't preach that oh, it's good and oh, we're equal and oh, we're about equality and diversity. But yet the women are getting 
let down. Now, I understand, you know, people are going to argue, oh, well, the men's game brings in more money. And even in, I, and I respect that argument in the, in, in, in the NBA and the WNBA because I, I understand salaries are going to be different. People are packing the crowds out different or packing the stadiums out differently for the, the men and women's game on that level. But in college, it's not the same. I don't know if anybody, any of my listeners have ever been to an um, NCAA basketball game in Columbia at South Carolina for the University of South Carolina women's basketball. But when them girls, excuse me, when those ladies, when those athletes are in that arena before COVID, it would be packed wall to wall. Now, when the men play, you could probably <laughs> you could probably record my show and hear me very clearly there and not be an issue. They, it's just not the same. So in the NCAA, yes, money is money. And I get it. It is at some of the other schools and larger programs. It's one thing. But for these women who have fought long and hard, endured a lot of the same things with regards to the COVID restrictions, in regards to just a lot of the things that they've gone through this entire season, and to get treated trash like that, the only reason that the NCAA is feeling the way that they're feeling and saying whatever they're saying now is because they got caught. Social media, yet again, the media, the pictures for the masses to be able to see it is what makes the difference. I honestly and personally don't know why people still putting up with Mark Emmert, but hey, that's him. I also want to give a shout out to Dick Sporting Goods. Um, they felt all the stuff that was getting ready to come down and they were like, you know what? Don't worry about it. We got y'all, boy. We'll, we'll, we'll send some stuff down there. And they've actually pledged to send equipment to Texas. Uh, at the last time I read, there was no word whether or not the NCAA had accepted the offer, but somebody's stepping up to help these women because at the end of the day, they are athletes in the prime of their lives. So we wish them the best. And moving on from that, or staying along it and moving on back to the game, the women's Gamecocks team did actually play their opening round. Uh, the number one seeded Gamecocks with a record of 23-4 and four, went up against the Mercer Bears with a record of 19-7 and seven, and took care of business. They won 79-53 to 53 to win their opening round. It looks like they are going to make some noise, y'all. I am so excited to see it. Last year feels like a year, uh, a season that was really robbed and ripped from them. Many people say that the first time that the Gamecocks won their national championship or the the most recent one under Don Staley was only because Connecticut was knocked out in an upset in the final four. But at the end of the day, the, the, the women won. That's their championship. You can't take it away. Now they were looking to defend that championship and looking from last year, all things pointed towards them being able to have uh, another run and possibly win it all again. But again, COVID cut canceled the tournament. And so they didn't have that opportunity this year. They've begun to play some good ball in the SEC tournament, winning the tournament because they lost again. As you as you know, if you've listened to previous shows, they had a little skid down the, down the stretch. But during the SEC tournament, they were playing some good ball, including beating Alabama sixty three to seventy seven, uh, beating Tennessee. 67 to 52 and then also beating Georgia 67 to 62 so um, they, they're they playing good ball they play Tuesday night against Oregon State so we'll see next week how they go and when we come back to you guys we'll let you know but we definitely want to wish South Carolina women's team the best now for those of you who caught it we did release an NCAA men's special on Friday if you've not yet had a chance to listen to it go back and check that out it is on the Apple Apple Music's um, Apple Podcast is the place that it is. So you can check it out and listen to it there or wherever your podcasts are available. 
I'm not going to go back into it. Because <laughs> almost every pick that I selected was wrong, including my stone cold lock, Winthrop University, to beat Villanova. I was real confident about that thing, y'all. But I was wrong. So, you know, you know what? I'm going to give myself one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I caught that, L. I did that. So it is what it is. I mean, my Tar Heels gone, Withrop gone. You can see Greensburg, all my, oh, Lord. But better next year, better luck next year. Hopefully, you guys' brackets are doing a little bit better than mine did. So, just before we leave, I have a new segment, the I Got Money segment. And so, we're going to go ahead and drop that and give you guys a heads up on who got some money. So, I got to give a special shout out to. The former Carolina Panther, Mr. Russell Okun. As as I reported on a previous episode, and as many of you may have known, he asked to have half of his $13 million salary converted into Bitcoin. And so at the time that he decided to um, take that payment and receive that, Bitcoin's dollar equivalent was roughly $27,000. This was back in December, as I mentioned. Since then, it's jumped up to $58,914.70, which is a slight drop from being at the all-time high of like $61,000 last week. So those of you with your calculators, go ahead and pull them out. In December, $6.5 million of his salary was converted to Bitcoin, which at that point was about 240 Bitcoin. With those 240 Bitcoin now being valued at 5809 excuse me $58,914.70 each that's a 118% increase and that is now worth an estimated 14.1 million dollars that's already a 7.6 million dollar return on investment that he has which actually uh makes him about the 14th ranked tackle in the NFL then if you tack on that 7.6 that then jumps him up to one of the top 10 overall played athletes in the league. Excuse me, that fourth on the list that takes him from 14th to fourth, so up 10 spots. My man is getting that money, bro. Like, that's one of the small. So, all you other future athletes out there, it's a risk. Don't, I mean, understand that the stock market is a risk, but, um, this is a risk that this gentleman won. So shout out to him. You get the applause for the day, sir. Uh, congratulations for that risk and betting on yourself and winning. Congratulations on that. Well, that's going to be our show for this week. As always, we appreciate you tuning in to Carolina Sports Talk. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you hit us up on the email, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net, or you can find me on Instagram at carolinasportstalk. I'm your host, Big Cliff. Appreciate you tuning in again, and I'm out. You ain't got the answers, man. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers, man. May I have your attention, please?